0: You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: What's going on everybody? Are you Joey here from SB Nation blogging the boys dot We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy you however humbly we do to our post game show here at bloggingtheboys.com this is our post game which we stream live on the blog and the boys youtube channel the blog and the boys twitch channel and the blog and the boys facebook page you can catch the show live on any one of these platforms obviously you can catch the rewatch on those same platforms or you can uh listen to the audio version of that on the blogging the boys podcast network make sure to subscribe to our youtube channel our twitch channel like us on facebook subscribe to our podcast network uh, however, you consume this show, if you can make it a regular thing in your life, uh, that would go uh, over very well for us. Make sure to visit blogintheboys.com all the time for the latest and greatest news in the world of the Dallas Cowboys. And to mention, my name is RJ Ochoa. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or threads at RJ Ochoa or on TikTok at RJ.Ochoa. Now, we are here, uh, as mentioned, because it is our postgame show. Uh, and the Dallas Cowboys, I think, did play a football game. On Sunday in Buffalo, in Orchard Park, Um, they lost. And in fact, I think the word lost is too kind uh, to what happened to the Cowboys. The Cowboys were bamboozled. They were overwhelmed. uh, They were destroyed. They were outmatched. They were completely and totally. They were humbled. uh, They were outdone. They were outwitted. They were outlasted. Shout out to my guy, Jeff Probst. The Survivor season finale coming up on Wednesday. That's the only thing I have to look forward to in my life, apparently. Um, this was a total shellacking. Like last week when we talked about it and we sat here and we were real high and mighty. We said this wasn't ever close against Philly, right? And it wasn't. We were never even worried, even after the the strip sack fumble return for a touchdown. We weren't panicked. This was never a game, it was never close boys and for what it's worth if you did not see this by now i don't know how that would be possible because i know that you check out blog on the boys.com and so you would have seen or if you follow me on social media that the cowboys did, did did clinch a playoff berth on sunday because the lions won on saturday because the packers and falcons lost on sunday that did punch their playoff ticket but as i get to kind of my initial thoughts about this game who the hell cares? And obviously we care, right? This is the the meme of the, uh, what is it? The person covering the, whatever it is with the umbrella. Like just because I'm mad doesn't mean I don't care. We do care. We absolutely care. We're happy on some microscopic right now level that our team is going to the playoffs. But what upsets me is this team was supposed to be different. And by that, I mean not something cliche or cookie cutter or Hallmarky. I know that those movies are really popular this time of year. So if that's your cup of tea, hey, that's up to you. Speaking of cups of tea, my voice is finally starting to feel normal. And it, of course, happens to happen when the Cowboys are proven to be potential frauds. I don't know. I know that's harsh. But what I mean about the Cowboys supposing or supposedly being different is that they were not – They were. I did a hit uh, before the game started with my buddy Kevin Brown, his YouTube channel. What I talked about is that I didn't ever really feel, and I think that a lot of people agree with me, and I know how stupid this sounds in hindsight based on the game we just watched, but I never really felt nervous about this game because in the past, as the Cowboys have gone into a dangerous environment in December, it's been for their playoff lives. It has been, you got to win, and that has added to the intensity, and that has added to the emotion. Thank you, by the way, Senor Ray 3, for Stock Up My Voice. It is a very stock-down day in my stock report, I tell you that much, but um, it didn't feel like that. It felt like they are comfortably a very good team. They are the team that is built to go to the house of a desperate team, of a hungry team. We knew, none of us were stupid, we knew all week long that the Bills are on the outside of the AFC playoff picture. NBC's breaking it down right behind you here in my office. The Bills need everything, and then some just to get into the tournament, a luxury that the Cowboys obviously earned before this game even kicked off, as mentioned. So where they were supposed to be different is the Cowboys were supposed to be able to march into the house of a hungry and desperate team and say, boo-hoo, we don't care how hungry or desperate you are. We're here to collect our win because our eyes are set on bigger prizes. We are not content. We are not good with just being a playoff team. We want the division title. We want the one seat in the NFC. We want to keep applying pressure to the Philadelphia Eagles, to the San Francisco 49ers. And you know what they did? Absolutely none of that. They looked flat. They looked dejected. They looked overrun. They looked overwhelmed in every single phase. It was incredible. And none of that necessarily means that they are frauds or they're trash or they're gonna get bounced in the first round of the division round of the playoffs. I mean, I think it's important that we keep perspective. I know the broadcast tried to do that at the very end of this game, but it is more than fair to be very upset team they didn't lose because josh allen went supernova they didn't lose because of a you know playing off of an upright on a field goal attempt they didn't lose because of a weird tip ball or a subjective you know pass interference penalty that set the bills up a field position that they turned out of the game winning field goal they lost because they got their ass kicked they lost because they were the inferior team they had no chance on sunday in buffalo and they made sure that absolutely every single person in the building, watching the game, knew that. And so I understand it if you are uh, upset about it. So let's get to your comments. David Smith says, uh, "Looks off." I'm we'll going to get to your super chats, by the way. Uh, thank you for those of you who were early and before me here. Uh, guy 75 says, this was pathetic. Uh, David Smith says, they got big boy. Shane Davis says, the run defense is scary bad. Adam Blank. His biggest disappointment today was the run defense. Second is the abysmal offense. Uh, Brian Woodbury says zero stock up today. All stocks are down. Uh, Joseph Palumbo says, do you think Hankins would have stopped that running from Cook defensively in a big moment of growth offensively? Same. I understand your question, Joseph. And I mean what I'm about to say with absolutely zero disrespect intended towards Jonathan Hankins. If that's the case, then there is something categorically wrong with your defense because we sit here week after week after week after week, and if you're around here for all those weeks, you know how big of a thorn this is in my side. And we say that Dan Quinn is the reason. Dan Quinn is the guy. Dan Quinn is the answer. Dan Quinn's the one who's really in charge. If this is all about Jonathan Hankins, as great as he may be, I mean, what the hell is Dan Quinn doing? What about Micah Parsons? What about DeMarcus Lawrence? What about, you know, all these players and other, you know, bodies on the defensive line? What about Osa Digizu and DeMarcus Lawrence? It could not be – and I don't mean to take this not on you, Joseph. It was a fair question, obviously. It cannot be just, well, Jonathan Ankins was gone, so like that explains why James Cook was the greatest running back in the world on Sunday afternoon. Uh, just a really, really, really tough scene for the Cowboys. Uh, Larry says, hard to believe how bad this run defense is. They cannot be trusted. David Smith says tackling was so bad. Frederick says, soft edge run defense, not attacking the intermediate area of Buffalo. Secondary, Damon, I think it's Damon uh, Butler on the Book of Faces says, McCarthy is terrible with challenges and time clock management. I'm not going to 100% get onto McCarthy for the lack of the challenge because um, I understand if, if people did not have the view. But what I don't forgive him for in that moment specifically is if you know that Buffalo is hurrying up, take the shot. At that point, it is totally and completely worth it. So while it, it's not clearly an educated guess, if it's a gut guess at that point in time, do it. And so I'm willing to place some blame on him, obviously, um, for this moment. And we'll get to him as we get to my soccer part, because as you can imagine, Michael McCarthy is a part of it. Juan Duran says, this hurts but Kwani in my fantasy game today. I don't really know how to feel. At least you have uh, that. David, I agree with you. There was no downside to challenging. Again, I understand if you can't you know, play beyond a shadow of a doubt that you want to make the challenge, but you have to try it simply for the upside. I agree. Um, all right, let's see here. Hillary Molly Vegas says, name Quinn's run defense is embarrassing. Also, these penalties are ridiculous, LOL. I saw a tweet, and forgive me who it was. I would love to give credit, but I missed it. It was flying so fast. Uh, the Bills ran the ball a million times today, Did they have a single holding penalty, right? Like, I'm not trying to say the Cowboys are the worst team in the NFL when it comes to discipline, but it seems like these things only happen to them. Now, Isaac Banuelo says on Facebook, typical Cowboys, always folding in big games. This is my last thing before we get to Super Chats. This is going to be an annoying week. I, I want you to prep and, and prepare yourself. I know that's the same word, but I want you to be ready. This is going to be an annoying week, and maybe you want it to be. Maybe you just want to steer and maybe you're mad, and you bring on the annoyance. It's going to be an annoying week, and you're going to see a lot of family and friends, You know, hopefully celebrating the holiday that you haven't seen in some time, I imagine, And there's going to be that person in your family, whatever, that says, how about them Cowboys? They're so bad. They're so terrible. Same old, same old, blah, blah, blah. It's going to annoy you. And what annoys me isn't even that, but it annoys me how the Cowboys opened the door for that. And I don't mean to say that I don't expect them to win every game, but they were going to lose. right? Like We all knew it was impossible for them to keep winning and for them to win out. That was never going to happen. But it's the way that they lost. They lost set themselves up. They opened the door for everyone who's going to talk about how they can't win on the road, how they can't beat a team, how they're going to be the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old, same old Cowboys. They made the bed. They made the bed. They had all of the control and opportunity in front of them. They were behind the wheel of this thing and they completely and totally let it slip away. That's on them. Uh, Wes, by the way, says, uh, my family lives in Philly. I can't wait for that. Yeah, good times. Uh, Good times coming for a lot of people. Uh, Shane Davis, I know I said last one I the super chat because I appreciate all of you. It says the Cowboys outbuild the Bills today. All the talk coming in was how the Bills always make a mistake to lose the game while they didn't have the opportunity to beating themselves today. That is very, very, very true. All right, super chats. Thank you, those of you who were here earlier. Paul, uh, thank you for the super chat. Says goodbye, BTB. No need for this again. Uh, Paul, I don't know if you're here, uh, but if you Aren't Oh my goodness, that is a sizable super chat from Paul. I just uh, kind of focused my vision. Thank you very much, Paul. If you are here, if you're not, uh, we will miss you. I understand being upset with the Cowboys and being mad. And I don't mean to say something to sound optimistic to just annoy you because I know what that's like. I know when we all want to just be mad and and be down and and hate the world or whatever, in, in whatever situation in life. And when you're in that place, Sometimes you're in a place where it's really annoying where somebody tries to be sunshiny and cheerful. And if you're in that place, I don't I don't want to do that for you, but I do think it's important to keep perspective. The Cowboys are 10-4. They are a playoff team, literally, um, and they still have all their goals in front of them. Just because they lost on Sunday does not mean the world is ending. It does mean that some things obviously need fixed and need to be worked on. Uh, but nevertheless, thank you very much, Paul. It was very kind of you for the Super Chat. I hope you don't leave, not because, you know, the Super Chat was awesome, but because um, we want everybody around here at BCB. FKIP Crutch, thank you for the Super Chats. has got to get punched in the mouth sometimes. Time to regroup again. Kind of an optimistic spin on this, like, hey, you know what? Let's just roll with it. Let's just figure it out. We can't win them all. It's the NFL, right? It's the league with the most parity in the world. Um, I get it if that's your take. I get it if that's your stance. But I also get it if you are troubled and concerned and mad to be quite literal. Amir Khan, think of it. The super chat says very hard. L. That's very true. Cowboys run defense has been exposed since the 2018-19 Rams game. Shout out to CJ Anderson. The gap between us and San Francisco feels further. Than ever, I agree with that. Dan Quinn, sad face. I know it hurts a lot of you to um, to despairs Dan Quinn to, to not to reckon with the idea uh, that Dan Quinn is fallible and not perfect, and that Dan Quinn might not be the person who's like running everything you know into perfect uh, you know harmony for the Cowboys. But um, sometimes Dan Quinn has floss, and uh, I agree with that. In I do agree that right now, um, I mean. Right, Look, I, I've said this line a few times over the last few weeks as the Cowboys have obviously been rolling, Um, how I wouldn't pick the Cowboys in a playoff game, you know, against the Niners. But if the Cowboys, you know, match up with San Francisco at some point of the playoffs, I've, I've said, like, I don't know how I'm going to pick the offs, But deep in my in my gut, I thought, like, I'll, I'll pick up. How could I not? I, I can't imagine. I I mean, how could you possibly, you know, come close? The, the, the Niners look like a machine right now. The Cowboys... Do look a little bit like fools' gold, and that is a hard pill to swallow. Uh, Anthony, thank you for the super chat, says not to dismiss the bad loss, but it was a weird game from the start. Media hype needed to calm down, dial it down the stretch. We're fine again. I think this is a good, like, you know, the water's starting to recede, everybody's calming down. They are fine, they're 10 and four, and this is the proverbial, like, oh, cope line. But, like, if you had told any of us that they would be 10 and four entering. I guess this is the week of Christmas, right? I mean, I know it's on Monday, but, like, if, if you had told anybody they would be 10-4, and 4, you know, entering the final days leading up to Christmas, I think we all would have taken that. Um, but it does feel particularly demoralizing because they weren't close in any way, shape, or form. So I get it, and I know you do, too, as well, Anthony. Thank you, Hillary, Molly, Vegas. Very kind of you who had the Super Chats. It's just a shout-out to you, Archer, for being awesome at your job and with fans. Merry Christmas. Let's win next week. Um, I've been talking about how, um, you know, the Cowboys winning, it makes, makes this time a lot more fun. Uh, this time of year a lot of you who follow me know uh my wife and i have a two-year-old son and it's you know his his life has just really kind of changed the way i view this time of year and and i know that that's a, a common theme with with uh, you know, parents and, and people and family and things like that. Uh, and so this is still a wonderful time of year. I appreciate all of you for being my internet friends and for enjoying uh, listening to me talk about the Dallas Cowboys and participating with me and talking about the Dallas Cowboys. I've said this many times. The high school version of myself will never believe that we got here all these years later. But thank you very much, Hillary and Molly Vegas. Very kind of you to say. Tyler, thank you for the super chat. It says, season over. I don't see how we beat San Francisco in the playoffs. I'm kind of with you. I mean, it doesn't mean the season is over. We thought the season was over, obviously. Um, after they lost to San Francisco and they rallied and they proved to be one of the better teams in the NFL. And, you know, it, it doesn't undo who they are, right? We know that they can compete. We know they can contend. Uh, we know that they have an obvious flaws. We know that they have obvious, you know, points of being exposed. Um, and I think that that is, is fair to reckon with and, and fair to, to kind of manage in terms of emotions. Um, it's, um, it's a hard way to feel, but the season's not over. I mean, let's let's be clear. Let's be fair. The season's not over, but I get feeling that way. Jay Recruiter, thank you for uh, the super chats. His Cowboys can lose the last three games and pretty much still clinch the fifth seed, rest the wounded. I agree with this. And for anyone who's unaware, um, the Cowboys aren't locked in, but they are about as effectively locked in to the five seed as they can be. So they've clinched the playoff spot. At the very least, there'll be a wild card. But their loss on Sunday, coupled with San Francisco's win on Sunday, and the fact that San Francisco did beat them, uh, means that they now have really no shot of overtaking San Francisco for the one seed if they do overtake Philadelphia for the division. So that's two things that Cowboys now have to overtake. It feels like, you know, an F1 race and we need some DRS up in here. Uh, But, um, you know... It's really difficult, and we've been saying this, you know, even under the guise that the Cowboys could potentially win out. It's really difficult to imagine Dallas overtaking just Philadelphia. Now, I know there's the question about Jalen Hurts playing on Monday night, whatever the case may be, but Philadelphia can still lose on Monday night and just beat the Giants twice and the Cardinals once and completely and totally wrap up the NFC East. Uh, so while we're still rooting for that to happen because the home playoff game is better than a road one, um, it is going to get further and further and further out of reach, and to the point here, um, that is going to about – as, as much as it can, lock up the Cowboys in the five C because the the loser of the NFC East, so to speak, has such a, a ground on, you know, the Vikings and the Rams and the Packers and the Falcons because they're no longer leading the NFC South, obviously, um, that, you know, it will at the very least afford the Cowboys seemingly the opportunity to manufacture their own buy come week 18 in the road trip to Washington. It stands to reason that Dallas will be locked into that five seed by then. Um, so, you know, that is somewhat good. Michael says, let's start scouting for 2024. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it, it feels like that kind of day. Um, just a tough, tough, tough day. Uh, Ultra Cowboy says, uh, three years in Dallas and still has a terrible run defense, needs to go. Uh, there are a lot of people uh, who I think are maybe uh, of the mindset that you are, but that would still be an overreaction. I am one of Dan Quinn's biggest critics, and I don't need to say this. Let's, you know calm down just a little bit all right let's kind of get to my stock report here uh because we've caught up on super chats and everyone is uh effectively pissed off um so that being said i if you are new around here you're new listening or whatever the case may be maybe you stumbled here because the algorithm suggested it to you we do a stock report here on the post game show um it will not shock you to learn that there is not a single stock up there is one volatile stock uh so i'll let you guess what that is Uh, i also write about this subject at bloginthevoice.com so make sure to check that out and i also do a bit of an instagram kind of That's what I'm going to call it. Uh, So follow me on Instagram. I've worked very hard. Um, You know, I love Twitter, but I've worked very hard at Instagram. and trying to, you know, develop a little bit of a following over there as well. So if you haven't yet and you want to see pictures of my dogs, uh, check me out. I'm at RGT over there. Nevertheless, Mike McCarthy. Now, if you have followed me, you know that my shoulders are tired because I am carrying the Give Mike McCarthy credit tape. Um, and I I still believe that Mike deserves an enormous amount of credit. As mentioned, the Cowboys clinched a playoff berth today without even lifting a finger, and they did so because they have been a very good team for most of the season, and they are going to the playoffs for the third year in a row, which is something that nobody has ever said uh, in the age of social media because the last time it happened was 1994, 1995, and 1996, Uh, but you cannot be this unprepared. This was probably, I think, I know that there are some stinkers in the last almost four years now, but this was, at the very least, one of the worst games in the Mike McCarthy era from a preparation point, from an execution standpoint, from an overall standpoint. This was, I mean, this was basura. Throw it out. I mean, you know, burn the tape, whatever you want to do. This was gross. This was trash. Uh, the penalties, you cannot. we can sit here, and I think it would be fair to talk about how the Demarcus Lawrence penalty was – you know, debatable, and that allowed Buffalo to score. How the J-Ron curse penalty was debatable, and that obviously kept things alive. How the Sam Williams penalty uh, was somewhat debatable and kept the drive alive that's all the Bills score. And so we can talk and we can be, here. well, the refs were bad and say it was subjective and blah, blah, blah. You cannot have these penalties. You cannot have these things happening to you, and it feels like penalties have been a, a talking point and a thing with the Cowboys uh, under Mike McCarthy for the last few years now. So that has to get tidied up. But beyond that, we talked about how, And I I believe that the Cowboys are different to a degree. They might still be disappointing, but you were supposed to be different with a capital D. I mean, you were supposed to be different, different. And um, you know, I I think that we have some. uh, We're going to be cool here. Uh, If you're in the chat, this is a a family show. People are around here, so let's be cool. Uh, You know, that's those are the rules around here. Uh, We're all hanging out. We could be upset and pissed off, maintaining appropriateness and and peace and calm with one another. But that being said. it all falls on Mike. I mean, look, I know the Cowboys got their cute little garbage time touchdown at the end of this game, and that, in a literal sense, uh, prevents us from dragging them the way that we dragged the Eagles last week. By saying the Eagles didn't even score an offensive touchdown, in a literal sense, the Cowboys did score a touchdown of this game. I am not going to count this. I mean, this. I mean, obviously, it counts, but I, I do not count your, you know, your garbage time, you know, stat padding, touchdown, whatever. And beyond that, what are you doing? Subjecting Dak Prescott and CD Lamb and Tyler Smith and Tyron Smith to potential injuries down thirty-one to three. No, this is not this is not the flex or, or whatever you think it is. That is so ridiculous and categorically irresponsible. We dragged Nick Sirianni and the Eagles for doing this against the Niners two weeks ago, and we said they're just stat padding. They're just going out of this. They're just trying to inflate Jalen Hurts' MVP candidacy. You cannot say that about them because we don't like them, and not say the same things about Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys in this case. Cool, you got a touchdown. Maybe CeeDee Lamb obviously got you the fantasy points, whether your playoff started this week or not. But that was so stupid on a day where you you know, had the you know the magnitude of how precious you know health is reminded to you, uh, reminded in front of your face with Zach Martin having the injury. By the way, I have not seen a Zach Martin update um, at this moment in time. Um, so yeah, that was awful. That was horrible i can't defend that i can't defend anything that mike mccarthy did like i said i am not going to um you know really harp on the lack of the um but it was you know that's me being as generous as i possibly can be uh it was a horrible decision to not challenge it obviously it doesn't really make a difference in in retrospect and in hindsight because it was it was so bad i mean, in, in every single. but Man, uh, so Lam. I hope that's how to pronounce pronounced. That padding at the end was inexcusable. CD got beat up for it and paid for it dearly on that drive. Terrible from McCarthy. And here's the thing: like, if you are going to snap pad or play coverage time, and you want to prove a message about how you finished, blah blah blah, all this lame football cliche stuff, if that's what you want to do. Fine. Why are you throwing uh, into triple coverage hospital balls at CD Lamb? Like, what what are you doing here? If you're going to keep everybody in, this needs to all be shallow work, high probability work. No contact work. It was ridiculous um, to keep him in at that point in time. David says at this point we should rest the starters. Um, Otis says those guys should have been out mid third quarter. I agree. I mean that might be going a little bit too far. Um, I agree though with Frederick Johnson. Uh, Johnson put it best: at risk potential injury for what? Like what did the Cowboys gain? Do like are they more proud of themselves? Like I, I'm I'm not even asking that rhetorically. Um, like what what what. Are the, the Cowboys standing taller as they head for the buses and the airport or the airport, you know what I mean? After this, because of that touchdown, it was, um, it was silly uh, in a lot of ways. So, stock down, Mike McCarthy, in my mind, stock down. I know you all knew it was coming. Dan Quinn, Danny Q. Look, I know that I can be hard on Dan Quinn, and a lot of it is because I am just trying to keep balance in the force um let's see here all right uh we need a timeout here let's all be cool all right we, we've got the ability to put people in timeout around here and we will do it all right Dan Quinn two games ago if we live right in this moment two games ago did not allow or did not force the Seattle Seahawks to punt all right now I know that the Cowboys had the fourth down stops at the end of that game that is not you know, something I have forgotten, all right? They stood tall when the moment mattered the most. But the moment only mattered that much because of the hole that the Cowboys' defense dug for themselves. And the Cowboys' offense saved them over and over and over and over against the Seattle Seahawks. It's very hard on Dan Quinn that night, despite the fact that the Cowboys won. I think the tape will show all of that if you go back and watch all of our episodes a hundred times, which I know you all do because you're loyal viewers. Um, and we obviously gave Dan Quinn a lot of props last week because the Cowboys, as we mentioned earlier to in reference uh the cowboys did not allow a single touch against the philadelphia Eagles. this was bad i mean this was so bad the bills did punt all right so you know hey respect but this was awful all right and if you want to be one of those people that comes in here and tells me my face on the internet my two-dimensional face and say mike mccarthy is not even doing anything this is all Dan Quinn, then you better be in here right now roasting and dragging Dan Quinn because if you think that Dan Quinn is the one who is really in charge, then you better come at Dan Quinn for obviously the penalties, for the overall lack of organization, and for his side of the ball getting completely and totally worked, not by MVP contender Josh Allen, but by James Cook. James Cook, does anybody know how many yards and how many touches James Cook had? He had 16, or not 16, is updated. He had James Cook in total, had 25 carries for a buck 79 and a touchdown. This man averaged, averaged 7.2 yards per carry. You know what else seven is besides one of the best jokes and the best sitcom in television history, Monica Geller and friends? Seven is the amount of passes that Josh Allen completed, all right? I love Josh Allen. I think he's fun. I think he's great. Obviously, you know, we all have a little bit of a problem with Josh Allen because he doesn't catch quite the same heat as Dak Prescott does for the turnovers. I know that's not a hill anybody wants to be on right now. But on a day where the MVP contending Josh Allen threw, or completed seven passes, you let this dude run all over you, and you cannot sit here and place the blame simply on the feet of the players. Now, there's a lot to go around there, but this has to really be – on Dan Quinn, I do agree here uh, that there are a lot of trolls uh, in the room. If you um, if you can identify the trolls for me, chat. I trust you. We will put the appropriate people in timeout. We don't like to block people around here. We want to give people second chances, but if people are going to be rude, if people are going to disrupt your experience, uh, please let me know. Uh, we definitely will put people in timeout if they're affecting uh, your viewing experience, if they're not being cool, if they're not being cordial. That's definitely uh, what we do around here. But anyway, um, Dan Quinn, dude, no. This is not it, man. Like, you... Again, it is a really, really, really bad day for Dan Quinn. A lot of people, you know, and again, I, I still think highly of Dan Quinn, and I still believe that Dan Quinn will probably be a head coach somewhere else. But the idea that Dan Quinn is like the perfect thing within the Cowboys, I hope all of our, all the wool has been taken off over our eyes, and we can see that just like everybody else, Dan Quinn is fallible. I agree though with Scott. It's gotta forget this one and move on. But before we do that, we have to continue with the stock report. All right, let's keep going. Stock down. Sam Williams. Dude. Um now I um
0: what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself.
2: and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: I don't totally blame Sam Williams for the roughing penalty. And I understand the rules, all right? So you got to know the rules. So at the end of the day, the rules are the rules. But like, what do you what, what's he supposed to do when he's in the air? You know what I mean? And at that, but at that point, you leave yourself susceptible, and that's the problem with Sam Williams right now. This isn't the first time this has happened. You set yourself and your team up really poorly when you make these mistakes. You turn stops into points for the other team, and that is a, a direct one-way ticket, not the carry Underwood song, but the phrase the uh ref- the reference point to finding yourself on the stock down portion of my stock report, really bad day for Sam Williams in that sense. And what was a shame was he had a great stop on Josh Allen, like five minutes before that was completely and totally forgotten as soon as this happened. So uh really, really, really uh frustrating day. I agree with Shane. Um, I, you can't leave your feet in that way. And I get it. I get it. I just, what, what I, I guess my gripe with this is I hate punishing uh, people trying to do amazing things. And Sam Williams was trying to do an amazing athletic thing. He's got to know the rules. Those are the rules, and you gotta play by the rules. So um tough, tough scene. Tough uh, all right, next up, stock down. I got a feeling that um we're about to light a flame and all you moths are gonna come in here. Stockdown, J-Ron curse. Whoa. Um whoa. Um this might have been. This might have been one – I mean, this was like top three, one of the worst games that any defensive player has played for the Cowboys this season, right, and J. Ron Curse. And you can sit here and you can talk about how Malik Hooker was out and, you know, the stomach bug that's going around the locker room or whatever. Jaron Ron Curse was really bad. And it, he was so bad that at one point in time the broadcast highlighted that he was unblocked um, and couldn't make a difference. Um, look, I don't – I feel so uncomfortable saying things like this because I'm not an athlete. You know, I can – I love to golf. That's about it. That's as far as I can stretch myself athletically. So I'm not acting like I can do this or I am, you know, of peak athletic form. Uh, But maybe the slowest player on the field, right? Like, I mean, just could not keep up in any way, shape, or form with anybody on the Buffalo Bills offense. I really – and I will actually defend first a little bit on the penalty. I don't know what he's supposed to do on that moment. So, like, my stock down has really nothing to do with the, the penalty. That was a rough moment for the team overall. Um, I get it if you want to teach him to be a little bit different or whatever, but I think he's just trying to make a play. Uh, but his, his stock down is really just because of his play uh, really, really, really bad. S.J. Johnson, thank you for the Super Chat. Here we go. He says, not stressed about the loss. A couple penalties kept drives alive for Buffalo. My biggest worry is stopping the run. Our current linebackers are small. We lost the cards in 49 is the same way by allowing a lot of run yards. Um, I agree with that. I mean, that's kind of their thing, though, is to have these small linebackers. When You no longer have Leighton Vander You're just stuck with these small dudes or safeties. Like, you on first playing the position. So, you want that. You want those fast guys. You want to, you know, play in coverage, and, and you're built to play from ahead. I thought that Greg Olsen did a great job of highlighting that throughout the game. Uh, but, um, man, uh, really – Really, really, really rough day uh, for J. Ron Kirsten. So, all right, if that one opened the door, prepare to open the floodgates. Stock down, Dak Prescott. All right? Dak was, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I'm going to say bad, and he was bad, but, like, I don't feel like he was, like, bad, bad. I mean, he was bad. He's 21 of 34, about 34, had the interception at the end. It shouldn't have happened because he shouldn't have been playing uh, because it was so silly to leave them in there. But whatever. Anyway, um, in the same way that this was supposed to be and may still be a different Cowboys team, this was supposed to be a game where, Dak, you come in and you're supposed to ball out, man. You're, this is supposed to be your time. This is supposed to be your moment. You are the front runner for MVP. You're the betting favorite for MVP. You have to come in and completely and totally dominate. Be that dude. Be him. Um, and, and he wasn't. And he wasn't. And, and we can sit here and we can talk about how – the Bills just dominated from a coverage standpoint. We had nothing open for him. And that might be true. And it is unfair and a little bit unrealistic, but still somewhat fair and actually really fair to say, you got to find a way. You got to be the difference maker. You want that contract where you're going to get paid maybe $60 million a year. You got to make this place. You want to be the MVP. You got to make this place. You're going to be the leader of this team, the, the straw that's the dream, the power of this You have to make those plays. And you didn't. And, you know, People are gonna be really loud and obnoxious about Dak Prescott this week because that's just the way things go. If you're like all the way out um on uh, on Dak, I think that's an overreaction. He's played at an incredibly and insanely high level. And that isn't this isn't to like make up for him. He was awful on Sunday. Um, but you know, let's just relax. Um, but it is frustrating and it's getting harder, obviously, until I always do it and until Dak Prescott does it to say that they're gonna be able to do it, they're gonna be able to accomplish whatever it may be in the ultimate moment because Every somewhat sort of measuring stick opportunity that they have, they fit, and um, that's a tough seen And so, in the same way, these these are kind of the same for me. They're they're kind of obviously the quarterback and the quarterback of the defense. Stock down, Micah Parsons, and you know what I mean by this is um, is you gotta be. I mean, if you are great and I believe that Micah Parsons is great, you gotta be great. I mean, you, you gotta find a way. And you cannot be a part of a group that gets destroyed and gets run over and gets lambasted. I mean, Micah, you know, Mike back in this game as the front runner and the betting favorite for his version of MVP. That's the way the awards work, right? For defensive player of the year. And I imagine he might still be. I don't know that Miles Garrett has done enough, although he's obviously deserving in his own right. But um I mean you know, I mean, d day two with a comment, and I think this is, is becoming more and more of a of a popular thing, Is Mike as a pass rusher, run defense average? And I don't know that I would say he's average, but I mean that's getting harder to, to refute, right? Like it, that's that's getting really difficult to to fight back against. Um, and that's you know something that Micah Parsons has the ability to influence. Um, and so, stock down Micah Parsons for me. Um, really just, um, you know, big bummer. Like, I'm not mad or disappointed. Like I know disappointed is is kind of a synonym for being bummed. I'm bummed. That's how I feel relative to Micah Parsons. And how I feel relative to Demarcus Lawrence, who's also on my stock down list. We, we, you know, hoist up and herald Demarcus Lawrence as, you know, this run-stopping defensive end, which he is. And we talked about his elite ability to stop the run, which he has. Early in this game, I even... I put it out, man, it kind of feels like d is going to have a good game. Oh, wrong. Um And the penalty, if if we want to sit here and cry about a penalty and whine and be silly about a penalty, I think it has to be the one against DeMarcus Lawrence. Great plot by Josh Allen, you know, playing the game, uh the action game and the refereeing game. And, you know, you could certainly argue that DeMarcus Lawrence has to know better in that moment, but you just got run all over, dude. I mean, you got absolutely and totally run all over, so you have to obviously – um, I think if Marcus Lawrence, a, a stockdown. is kind of the leader of the person who stops and inhibits the run on a weekly basis. Just a, a tough scene for him. A lot of you have talked about Marquis Spell. Stockdown for me. Um, some of that is again, you got these small linebackers. You know that they just are not built for that. Um, that's you know a little just the way it is and that goes back to Dan Queen right like you got to be prepared for this and, and you're, you're potentially setting up your your small edge linebackers uh to um to not look well and to not fare well in the moments. And I think the marquee spell all right we're we're gonna chill out with um you know we're putting some people back in time out again there's no need to be a jerk to anybody there's no need uh to um to to be rude so we're just um you know let's Oh, goodness gracious, I'm having a difficult time with this. This is so fast uh, for my... There uh, we go. All right. Back to uh, the order around here. I, I don't have a gavel, but if I did, I would not be afraid to use it. We're going to be cool around the people. all love and respect one another while being kicked off. But anyway, uh, Marquis Bell, disappointment, disappointing day, um, disappointing situation. Uh, my last stock down, because I mentioned I have one volatile stock, Mozzie um, Smith. and. I um I saw I think it was Sean. Um, I don't know if I the fan. Somebody tweeted at Sean during the game and said, like, "So bad, this and that." And I saw Sean quote that and, and say something that I'm paraphrasing, here, but something. Who's fighting? Like uh, who? Who's who's like defending Nazi Smith right now? Um, and uh, by the way, here's a quote from Jack. here at the podium, uh, asked him about the hits of today. Uh, he said, "I feel great. No impact how I play, and I wish I could say that they did." Okay, yeah, that's. Some of that, I guess. Right. Um, is it unfair, like a teeny bit unfair, to say Mozzie has to be amazing as a rookie? Maybe a little, right? Like in a general sense. Um, but it's not right. <laughs> Jonathan Hankins is out, the mighty Jonathan Hankins. You got to find a way, that's who it is. And the guy was put all that pressure on him, he has to be a difference maker, he has to be somebody who can come in. And, and be a relief pitcher and, and get you out of, of a troublesome seventh grade hitting. And he can't do that right now. He can't. And that doesn't you know, mean that, that he's a failure or he's a bust or anything like that, but um, just not a, you know, a contributing player right now. And that's frustrating obviously a lot. Uh, by the way, I didn't mention this, but uh, if you're watching on the YouTube side of things, obviously you do not have a, a star of the game. Uh, so what we decided was to ask you who was the biggest disappointment of the game for the Dallas Cowboys in your mind, the three or well, four options, I guess, are Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn, Dak Prescott, or other. You can tell us who you want, obviously, uh, if you're watching. Currently, Dan Quinn leads that vote. So kind of the opposite of the star of the game. Uh, that being said, um, we'll close that out in a little bit. But Skyler, by the way, says have a great night, you the animals. See you later. Rest easy, Skyler. All the best. Um, but yeah, so uh, final stock down for me was Mozzie Smith. I mentioned I had a volatile stock and it's the run game. Um, I do feel like I almost gave this a stock up, but I mean, how could we give anyone a stock up after this game? But it did feel like Tony Pollard was, was, you know, playing well, like Rico Dada was playing well, the, you know, the run game just got taken out, you know, of, of control of, of, you know, as, as like, it was impossible for the Cowboys to run the game script kind of changed everything kind of, you know, adjusted and, and moved to the point that the Cowboys couldn't rely on the run game anymore because, you know, we blinked and it was 14 to nothing and they were struggling to move the ball through the air. Uh, so that was encouraging, right? If, if you're really trying to stretch, if you're really looking for like some positives, um, you know, it was great. <laughs> David with a great point here says the run game was so good. They threw a bomb uh, on third and one seriously, what are y'all doing, man? Uh, but, um, i i was pleased by that i mean that's the word i'll use pleased uh so um yeah just a rough 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 day uh kevin says volatile stock not know the whole offense was trash <laughs> they had less than 100 yards of offense till the fourth quarter uh kenneth cook says run the ball with paulern uh shane by the way on the subject of the run game says they moved the ball early the flags ruined everything momentum wise um uh let's see brett madrid um uh, it was brett uh, madrista i would assume so uh says cowboys number one offense getting out yarded by a single running back is embarrassing i agree I, I mean i don't mean this sarcastically but like who who is sitting here i mean who who is sitting here defending the cowboys i mean i'm i'm sure that that take exists but like who was sitting here saying anything other than this was humiliating this was embarrassing this was unacceptable this feels like the the take like there's not any other way you can kind of spin or feel about this game uh amit i agree with this says i can't believe josh on completed seven passes and we lost that's and i would argue he could have completed fewer than seven and been totally fine (laughs) i mean this was um what was it this was um 2019 NFC Championship game vibes, right? Where Jimmy Garoppolo only completed eight passes or whatever it was. Um, uh, man, uh, let's see. Carlos says this game was over halfway through the first quarter. No stock up today for anyone. Yeah, I mean, it was a really, really bad day. Let's close our poll here. Our winner, if you want to call it that, for most disappointing player or person with the Dallas Cowboys, our disappointment of the game, if you will, is the one and only Dan Quinn. And I don't feel like happy about this. Obviously, um, I have been hard on Dan Quinn at times, but um, and I don't feel like, oh, but hopefully all you all now you all see what Dan Quinn really is, blah, blah, blah. I just feel kind of shocked. I mean, I, like I've you know, I believe obviously that Dan Quinn has flaws, but like this was really bad, um, you know obviously our only kind of experience similar to this, this season is San Francisco. I know Arizona happened, whatever. Um, but when San Francisco runs all over you, right? Like if if you're a team that like when the Eagles got waxed by the Niners, you know, you're sitting to yourself thinking like, well, I mean, they got Christian McCaffrey, right? Like they, they got Debo Samuel, right? Like they got, you know, Brandon, Ayu, they got George Kittle, right? Like, of course, of course we're going to get waxed. That's just like, they, they, they literally are waxed. Like we can't do anything against them. Um, and i don't mean any disrespect towards james cook but it's like okay how are you getting destroyed by james cook this isn't christian mccaffrey this isn't you know peak alvin Kamara or i mean spin the wheel and pick whatever running back i mean like you're getting you're getting run all over by james cook um, and so man um embarrassing jm20 jm21 forces there are no positives from this game we all clearly saw what happened out there on the field move on to the next game um I really don't know what a positive would be. I mean, I'm I'm struggling to come up with uh, with one. Brett, I'll get to your comment in a moment here. Let's get this uh, off the screen. Congrats to Dan Quinn. Uh, we don't have anything we're sending him for this, if you're curious. Uh, <laughs> Micah Parsons just now, this tweet coming out from Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News, on the drop-off on the road compared with home. This is Micah's exact quote, again, uh, courtesy of Michael Gelkin. Honestly, it's just unacceptable at this point. There's no excuse for it. It's mind-boggling. I don't understand why we're not playing well and why we're not coming together on the road. It's something that we need to look at and get better because we've got to go back on the road next week versus the Dolphins. Um, now I'm not mad at, at Micah. Like I think that's the right thing to say, but um, I think we're we're kind of you know done with this right like i mean i think we're kind of done with the like oh they're pissed off right <laughs> like do, does, is anybody gonna feel better because they're like oh we were embarrassed and we don't ever want to feel this way again you know like it reminds me of last year um and i hate to put micah on the spot like this but when the cowboys blew that 14 point lead in the fourth quarter of the packers i believe micah and i'm paraphrasing here uh had a quote something along the lines of like if Dak ever gives me a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter I'm never going to blow it again and they literally did that like a few <laughs> like like right after in Jacksonville um so I think that these are kind of they feel like empty words right now to be like I'm pissed off and and again I don't fault the players for saying that cuz they don't have anything else to say right now this is just a crummy situation where you know everyone's just going to be mad Every, everyone's going to be mad until there's not a real reason to be mad anymore and I don't know what that reason would be I I don't know um, you know, what would fix things? I, I mean, I'll ask you actually, uh, as I, as I begin to answer Brett's question here, I would like each of you to tell me what would make you feel better about the team. And I'm talking realistic goals. All right. We're getting rid of the trolls here, people. So what could conceivably happen that would make you feel better about this team? We'll address your comments in a moment, but first we get to Brett's, who says, RJ, please give us a silver lining here. Um, I mean, I think the silver lining is that our favorite team is 10 and four, that they have clinched a playoff spot. They clin. there are 17 games in an NFL regular season, and they clinched a playoff spot in 13 of them. All right. Now, some of that is, you know, just the result of other teams failing, right? Some of that's out of their control. Uh, But they are a very good team. They have been a playoff team three straight years in a row. They continue to learn lessons. We'll call them uh, about what it's like to get punched in the mouth. Um, They have three weeks to fix this. And, even though we would have loved for the Cowboys to win the NFC East, which is still possible, albeit, you know, slim, slim opportunity here. And we would have loved for the Cowboys to be the one sitting in the NFC. Again, kind of a slimmer opportunity there. Um, they are going to have an ability to, you know, create their own buy. Um, and that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. They're going to have an ability to rest up. I know that the quotes are, are uh, flying around. In fact, here's a, a quote from Zach Martin, thanks to um, Nick Harris, who covers the Cowboys for the mothership. Um, says uh, Nick's tweet says, Martin said he thought it was his knee, but fortunately it was just a deep hit to the quad. I'm hoping this week treat it and get it ready to go on Sunday. I feel good about that. Um, obviously, this game was a reminder that, you know, you can get your ass kicked at any moment in time. But again, I think the Zach thing was a reminder of like, whoa, in one moment you can just lose somebody who is so important to you. And so the fact that the Cowboys are going to have an opportunity in all likelihood to, I don't know why my voice cracked there. Interesting. It's been an interesting kind of ride for my voice, but um, that they're going to have an opportunity to rest players and prepare in advance for whoever wins the NFC South and beyond, obviously Um, that is a good thing. That is the silver lining. So um Again, I would have loved and I would still love, you know, obviously for the Cowboys to win the division and be the one seed. But the fact that, you know, the path is narrowing is a good thing and and it helps them kind of accept it and, you know, determine the best possible path forward within the path itself. Um, All right. So let's get to your answers about what would make you feel good about the Cowboys. Uh, Scott says uh, two playoff wins. Well, that would only put you at the title game. And I have news for you, Scott, and I'm not coming at you. But for all the people that are like, I only want to keep McCarthy if he reaches the NFC title game. All those people that you see on the Internet, if the Cowboys reach the title game and lost, they would be just as quick to say, fire him. I don't want him. He has to win. I want to get I want to get to the Super Bowl. I want to win the Super Bowl. Like people act like reaching the title game would be enough for them. It wouldn't because if you lose the title game, you lose a trip to the Super Bowl. Nobody would accept that. So uh, even two playoff wins is not enough. Unfortunately, my friend D day two says winning on the road versus Miami would be a start. I agree. Uh, Joey, the, I think honest answer says nothing at all today. Just got to hope they can move forward. Uh, Janie says, get linebacker help. Uh, That's a great answer. Shane says this year, I don't really have an answer. They are what they are. Kevin says, go out next week and win decisively in Miami. That's what we need to see, but don't hold your breath. Uh, All of you are kind of saying uh, beat the dolphins, beat the dolphins, beat the dolphins. Um, That's fair uh lord says this reminds me back on thanksgiving a couple years back when buffalo also be this convincingly that was four years ago hillary molly vegas says it would make me feel better if the cowboys would show they can adjust somehow whether it's micah playing linebacker or and they start stopping the run that's a great answer i would love to see some creativity instead of just like well this is who we are we accept it and we're just going to hope that that's the best uh jay says silver lining is seattle will play philly without darius Slade. dk metcalf is going to eat tomorrow night Hopefully so. Um, hopefully, Jalen Hurts feels better. I know we all want to see them lose, but we never want to see people get hurt or be sick or anything like that. Uh, Diesel 80 says, stock up Brandon Aubrey. Michael, this is a great silver lining, great spin. This might be a wake-up call. So if we think back to the 49ers loss, the Cowboys went on quite the tear after that, right? Um, they obviously lost to Philadelphia, but even the Philadelphia loss was a bit of a wake up call for them, right? They won five games in a row as a result of it. If they were to win five games in a row, right. And let's not count week 18. Cause that one's not really going to count. So they win week 16 against Miami. And I'm um, again, we're just having fun here. Week 16 against Miami, week 17 against Detroit. We're saying that week 18 doesn't count. Uh, they win in the wild card round. They win in the divisional round and they win the NFC Championship game. That would be the next five games of consequence in a row. And again, we have seen you know, that the Cowboys can buckle down after they lose a game. They generally, normally, always respond very well after losses. They respond very well after getting their teeth kicked in. Uh, we've seen that happen time after time after time after again, and that's unfortunate because it makes it sound like they get their teeth kicked in all the time. Uh, but nevertheless, Mike McCarthy, who we can trust to a degree, Sunday was a bad day, but has proven that he has a program where his teams respond very well after big time losses and go on runs and that is exactly where you want to be right now this time of year. Uh let's see here. Um, um yeah, I think uh Tim by the way says Wake Up Call sounds like a cliché. If Wake Up Call sounds like anything, uh it sounds like heaven. Wake Up Call is a great song by uh, Maroon 5. Anyway, um this was a um frustrating day for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and you're totally in the right to be mad and to be frustrated and to be sad and to be angry. Um, they're still a very good team. This, Our anger will fade. It will subside. All right, we'll calm down. Hopefully the Eagles will lose on Monday night. We'll feel a little bit better. Um, they are still a very good team okay you can you have my permission to be mad be as mad as you want I'm pissed off I was all ready for another victory polo on Monday tomorrow and I don't get it after and I just got to wear like a hoodie or something right but be mad be upset but remember that they're still a very good team and remember that they have already clinched punched secured their playoff position their playoff ticket not position obviously and that's a good thing all right so all hope is not lost um Kevin says, RJ, I know this question is probably too far of a look ahead, but where's your confidence in this team's playoff chances with zero home games? A lot of this, and you know, if you follow us at BTB, you know that we like to put together our rooting guide, which you know we, we try to advise you on the best possible thing to root for for the Cowboys. We're getting kind of close to rooting for the, um, the seeding that we want. Uh, I think it is inevitable that San Francisco is going to be the one seed, which means Philadelphia is likely going to be the two seed. Um, that would mean Detroit's going to be three, Tampa's probably going to be four, Dallas be five. Um, I think what we want right now, um, and what if you're looking for anything to root for, and this impacts my answer, Kevin, we want we need to root for a lower seeded wild card to get hot. All right, call it whoever you want. I'm talking the six or seven seed, whether that's going to be. Um, the Rams, or the Seahawks, or the Vikings, or the Packers, or the Saints, or whatever. But we need another wild card seated below the Cowboys to come in hot. All right, because if if things go the way that I just described, or Frisco's the one seed, Philly's the two seed. All right, we need that lower seated wild card team. If we believe what we've been saying that Philly, are, you know, is is bad and they're they're kind of fading themselves. Imagine. Let me just use a hypothetical team to to make my point kind of come together here. Say the Rams are the 7 seed, right? I think the Rams can play somewhat well. I think the Rams, you know, have some talent. We've seen it um certainly at different points this season. The Rams obviously got the win today. They are um they are 7 and 7 now and in fact as we take a look at the NFC playoff picture, granted with Monday Night's game not having happened yet, Sunday night is obviously um to AFC teams, but at the moment the Rams are the 7 seed. Um and that cannot change if the Seahawks win on Monday night. So that being said, let me, I was trying to arrive at my point. Say the Rams go to Philly and win. Is that impossible? Right? Like, is that, I, I don't think anybody can say that's impossible. Matthew Stafford's playing out of his mind. Cooper Cup's been great. Pukunaku is awesome. Kyron Williams, amazing, right? Say the Rams go to Philly and win in the wild card round, right? And say the Lions take care of the Vikings. That feels pretty obvious at this point in time. And the Cowboys obviously win in Tampa. We feel very confident in that. That would mean that in the divisional round, if that went the way we're saying, Dallas would go to Detroit. And the Rams would go to San Francisco, right? Like that, if, if that happened, if it broke our way, the way we're kind of crafting and weaving it hypothetically here, right? The Rams would be the team to go to San Francisco. Now, I don't have a lot of confidence in, in that happening, obviously. But if, you're, if your goal is two playoff wins and getting to the the NFC championship game, right? I mean, maybe the Rams do your dirty work for you. That's what we need at this point in time. I mean, you, we, we really need, and I, this isn't coping, this isn't anything, but like, now that the 5 seed is kind of the spot, and if you're looking for silver lining and all these sorts of things, you we need another team to get hot, a lower-seeded wild-card team to potentially do this dirty work for us. I mean, there is a world, a possible world, a hypothetical world nonetheless, where the Cowboys don't even have to face Philadelphia and San Francisco at all in the playoffs. And so that's one way, obviously, to, to kind of look at this hypothetically. Um and so that affects how confident I feel, right? If you get that help, then obviously I have a lot of confidence. But if you told me that, you know, in the division around that Dallas has to go to San Francisco, I don't feel confident at all. I mean, that is, you know, kind of where I feel and, and how I feel rather. I It all depends on the way the cards fall, on the way the seating falls. And it's possible that it works out the way that we want it to. So hold on to hope. It's, it's always possible. Um, so – that's where we're at. Uh, David Smith says, NFC Championship game Rams at Cowboys. Uh, go RJ. I don't know about that, but um, but yeah, I mean, if I know that, and I agree with, there was a comment from Jay that said, we need Tommy DeVito, Ravens, and Geno Smith to do our dirty work for our one or two seed. While I agree with that, that seems pretty improbable at this point in time, right? Especially given that there are only three weeks left in the regular season after tomorrow night. And that being said, again, it's pretty... Decided, not truly, but pretty decided that Dallas is going to be the five seed. So, are beyond hoping for Dallas looking great and playing well and finding themselves, rediscovering themselves, and everybody getting and staying healthy. What we have to hope for is somebody to get hot. That's what we need. Somebody down the ladder get hot. I mean, get hot right now, Rams. That, and I think that the Rams are the best chance. I have more faith that the Rams can do this, you know, mission that we're trying to assign here, than certainly the Seahawks or the Vikings or the Packers um that's what we want to see that's that's the world we want to live in uh so anyway um that's where we're at i'm sorry that today stunk i hope you managed to have a great day in spite of it and i hope you have a great week um we'll obviously be back here uh, on our live show on sunday after the cowboys uh hopefully beat the dolphins but uh we have a lot of stuff coming your way uh between now and then, of course. Uh, my name is RJ Ochoa. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or threads at RJ Ochoa. You can follow me on TikTok at RJ.ochoa. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so, rj.ochoa at sbnation.com. Uh, you can, of course, leave comments on our videos and I'll do my best to get to those as well. Um, if I don't talk to you between now and then, uh, maybe you don't have a chance because next Sunday is Christmas Eve and you have family in town and you just watch the game and then you're playing board games or doing whatever. Um, I hope you have a great time celebrating Christmas. Uh, with your family and your friends. Um, I I wish you many blessings um, throughout your life this Christmas season. And always uh, thank you for being a part of our family here at Blogging the Boys. It means a lot, even I would say, especially on days like today. Uh, So if I don't talk to you, please have a very, very Merry Christmas. uh, And I hope to see you soon, of course. um, It's gonna be all right. It's gonna be okay. We can make it through this. I promise that we will together. So, um, yeah, thanks so much for hanging out, everybody. I uh, I love you all. No Victory Polo Monday tomorrow, but uh, we will still have a lot of stuff coming out throughout the Bog and the Boys universe. And, uh, yeah, with all that being said, let's go ahead and get out of here. Thanks a lot, guys, for hanging out. See you next time.